as a kid growing up, I uh, went to my parents for advice about a lot of things. I'm, I'm thinking that we're, a lot of us are fairly common in that. I still go to my parents for a lot of advice, but um, one of my favorite bits of advice that my dad would give me from time to time was, stop doing that. There were uh, several occasions when he would give me that particular uh, bit of advice, but um, in particular I'm thinking of times when I would be asking him about um, like a pain I was having and I'd be like, it hurts when I do this, and dad would say, well stop doing that. yeah, simple solution. He wasn't. He was uh, not a great doctor, I guess. Um, he wasn't a doctor. He was he thought about being one for a while, and then uh, realized he didn't really want to be around sick people that much, and so ended up choosing a different career path. But um, even so, sometimes sometimes the uh, simplest solution uh, really can be the best solution. If something isn't work out, working out very well, stop doing it. If it's going in the wrong direction, stop. Go in the other direction. In the case of the Israelites in today's passage from Numbers, we find such a situation in which the solution to their problem almost was as simple as, stop doing that. The problem was a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God. They complained over and over and over again after they had been um, freed from bondage in in, uh, Egypt. And... So God, you know, they didn't have enough food to eat, so God gave them the manna. And they didn't like the way that tasted, so God sent them quails as well. And then they still complained, and then this time God sent snakes. But after... Yeah. Third time's a charm. But um, after their repentance, you might figure that God would have taken the snakes away. That's what they asked. Please, Moses, pray to God that he will take these snakes away from us. But instead, God tells Moses, make the, make the bronze serpent, put it up on a stick, and then the people, whenever they get bitten, can look, that, look at it and live. So imagine... Imagine going through that and being bitten by a snake and you don't go to the doctor, you don't try to suck out the poison, you just look at a bronze sculpture of a snake on top of a stick. There is absolutely no logical reason why that would work. That makes no sense of any kind. Looking at the serpent in order to be healed from a snake bite is a leap of faith. Doing so meant trusting in God and believing in the Word of God. So the snakes that were sent were partially punishment, but they were also partially a remedy for the Israelites' lack of faith. After they repented, God didn't take the snakes away. He kept them there in order to give them this situation that required faith in God. Lack of faith was the problem. And the cure was to have a little faith, to trust in God a little bit. I hear echoes of what my father would say. Stop doing that. The people of Israel, and they weren't having enough faith back then. So the cure, and they kept complaining, so the cure, stop doing that. Stop complaining and have a little faith in God. Now having faith in God also means giving up some control in our lives and giving that control over to God. Looking at the gospel today, we're told about people who love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. Now, there are a lot of evil deeds out there in the world. We can't name all of them right now, but I'm going to look to uh, one of Paul's letters, uh, the letter of Paul to the Galatians. 
and some of the deeds that he calls the works of the flesh, which I think we might be able to call uh, darkness or deeds of darkness, uh, evil deeds. These are the ones Paul mentioned were fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery. I don't know if we have any sorcerers here. But um, but a a lot of these, especially the next few, might hit home. Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Some of those might actually hit home with us a little bit. Deeds of evil deeds or things of darkness. When I think of all of these evil deeds... Uh, any evil deed and what causes us to do things that we shouldn't I think of power and a desire for power for example things that might lead us to evil things that might or lead others to evil things that cause evil deeds I would think would be malice anger covetousness disrespect fear hate And all of these things have a common thread in that they can feel very powerful. Imagine if a a person hurts me emotionally, then I might probably be saddened by that fact. But then what I might end up doing is turning that sadness into anger. Because when I'm sad, well then I'm, the, I'm a victim and I'm being hurt by this person. But if I turn that to anger, well then I feel like I've got a little more control over the situation. I'm maybe not even being hurt anymore. Maybe I might be hurting back a little bit. Hurting that person back a little bit. So I may feel a little more control when I turn that sadness to anger. Darkness can feel very powerful. And evil deeds can feel very powerful. And so we see in the Gospel then that there's this problem of people having, if there's a problem of people desiring darkness more than light, then there's a problem of people wanting power. And so if people want power, what is the solution or what is the cure that Jesus gives? Well, as my dad said, the simplest thing is stop doing that. If you want more power and control in your life, and some of this power and control might be causing me to do more hurtful things, stop doing that. Give up some power and control. So when we seek to follow Jesus, we turn to the light and we give up some power and control. Turning to Jesus can feel like a rather weak thing to do. The image of Jesus hanging on the cross even is very much an image of weakness. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed for God not to make him die on the cross. But in the end, he submitted his will to the will of God the Father. He could have left. He could have simply gone before the Pharisees and the, and the soldiers came to get him. But rather, Jesus chose weakness, giving his will over to God. He told his disciples, who had picked up their swords, to stop fighting. He gave away the power and the control that he could have had over his own life and put his life securely in God's hands, an act of weakness rather than an act of power and control. And so the light can feel weak for us too. 
and looking again at Paul's letter to the Galatians when he talks about fruits of the Spirit as opposed to the works of the flesh that I mentioned earlier where we use our power against other people looking at the the fruits of the Spirit that Paul mentions are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now these don't seem especially powerful, but they are the way of life. They're the way of the cross. And our continual challenge is to give up some of the power and the control, that some of the darkness, and turn to weakness instead. Our challenge is to lay our control down at the foot of the cross and then to believe in Jesus. And so looking at these two images we have today of Moses lifting up the serpent and Jesus being lifted up on the cross, we can see some of these similarities now. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, which then required the people of Israel to have some faith in God. The problem was not enough faith. This required them to, it gave them a moment, a particular thing they could do to have some faith in God, trusting in Him rather than in themselves. And in the same way when Jesus is lifted up on the cross, what is the problem that they're seeking to correct? Well, us seeking darkness rather than light. Us seeking power and control rather than weakness. Well, even turning to the cross in the first place, even looking to Jesus in the first place is an act of weakness, an act of giving up some control. And that's a very fairly frightening proposition when we end up getting over some of our power and control. And I'm sorry to say I'm going to go on a Star Wars bit now. Look, talking about fear. It's been almost four years and I've never given a Star Wars analogy in a sermon. I don't think so. I think I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of due, I guess. But, um, what, what, sorry. What it says in Star Wars is that fear is the path to the dark side. And I see that in our own lives, fear is the path to darkness, where we try to seek power and control. Fear, according to the wonderful uh, Jedi Yoda, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And we see this working out in our lives when we end up moving towards darkness as well, out of fear and a desire to control and, and grasping onto these things like anger that seem so powerful. But as Yoda also said, the dark side is not stronger. It's quicker, easier, more seductive. And we find darkness can be the same way in our own lives. It is seductive to grasp for power. Especially when we're afraid and when things come along that seek to harm us. But if we can move to the light instead and give up some of that power, well then we will find the joy and love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that Paul talked about as the fruits of the Spirit. Now, how exactly do we do that? How do we make this difficult choice of giving up control? Well, it's something that we learn throughout our lives. It's a continual process in our lives, turning away from the seduction of darkness and going towards the light. 
But I've got one prayer that I'd like to offer as one possible way of doing this. It's a prayer that was given to me and also a bunch of us at Camp Allen when I was in the sixth grade uh, by, the, by the priest who was the priest there for the weekend. Um, yep, there's my brain. Anyway, um, but what he, the prayer that he taught us was to ask for God to be in the driver's seat of our lives. Which is interesting that we were all not driving yet. But it worked somehow. That prayer really caught hold of me. I had an image of um, sitting in my grandfather's lap and uh, holding on to the wheel as he drove a big truck. And um, so somehow that prayer worked and I prayed it for uh, daily for many, many years. But asking God to be in the driver's seat of our lives. And so maybe that uh, image works for you. Maybe there's another image that, that works for you. Um, but I offer that prayer to you as a way of daily giving up some control and gaining some trust in God, moving towards the light. Amen.